Welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined by the spender who I get to experience every stage of my life with, Heather. That's right. Welcome to the stage. What, what, what stage am I experiencing right now? The best stage. The but podcasting it's only, stage. It's only going to get better. <laughs> it, it's getting better every day. Well, I am excited because we have a great show planned for today. I bet you didn't know that, Heather. I did not know that. Well, we do. Today, we are going to be talking about the financial stages of your relationship. Ooh. Sounds uh, <laughs> like something you made up. Are you yawning right now? Sorry. You are really not excited about this, are you? <laughs> I, this is really exciting. Wow. You are selling the excitement on this. <laughs> I, I, she's yawning. I'm excited. I apologize, everyone. I hope this turns out. But uh, we're, I'm going to have a good conversation. I'm with myself, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to, t- to, to start this conversation just by, by mentioning that I think at, at every stage of our – there are several stages to our relationship, first of all. Our relationships go through different stages, and in every stage, there are different money conversations that are important to have. I think you're talking about a romantic relationship, correct? Yes. Because we have different relationships with with other people, but you're talking about with couples. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, this is, this is, podcast is called Marriage and Money, and so I'm kind of focused specifically on the marriage relationship and leading up to that. Uh, Got it. You're right. And... Depending on which stage, and hopefully we have people listening to this that are in various stages. I know we focus a lot on married couples, but even if you're not married yet or you're dating, hopefully you'll find some help to get ahead of things more than we were. But yeah, I think this, uh, it, it, it does vary depending on you know what stage your relationship in, what you should be talking about. And the other big thing we talk about on this is communicating with your spouse about money. And so you may not even be thinking like, well, why would I even need to talk about money until we're married or... I don't know. You want to Maybe establish. Maybe we don't even think we need to talk well, about it. Well, you want to establish these these behaviors as early as possible in your relationship. In my opinion, if you think that talking about money is an important thing, then you should be talking about money before you get married. You should be establishing those patterns early on that you can build upon, and when you're dating, when you're engaged, when you get married, and then when you're you're growing as a couple beyond then. So I, I think that's really important. Right. It and, is really important. And hopefully, I mean, if you're, if your other person in the couple doesn't feel like it's important, hopefully by starting off early and having those conversations early, they'll start to see the value and maybe get warmed up to, yeah, you're right. This is really important. I'm glad we're having these conversations. Sooner the better. Excellent point. So let's start talking, Heather, about, the the dating stage. So let's say you're 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 single. You're a single person, but now you're you're dating somebody. You're just the relationship maybe is new. Um, maybe it's not so new, but you're you're in the dating phase of your relationship. So at that stage, I think the number one priority is that you understand how the other person handles money and their overall money style. Yeah, I mean, if you, it's been a while since I've dated, but when you think back to your dating or if you're in a dating stage, you're really just, you're trying to get to know them, right? You're learning about them, like you're staying up till two in the morning 
talking about everything and anything and you want to know everything about them. And this is an important area of them because like we've talked about, no matter what your job is, no matter what your situation is, everybody has to deal with money. Everybody has to pay bills. Probably everybody's getting an income. And so it's it's really helpful at this stage to understand, well, how do they handle money? Do, do they have any um, processes? Do they know how to handle money? Do Are they awesome at it? Is this someone that's willing to talk about money? Right, exactly. Because may, maybe they're not willing to talk about money, and this is a great time in the relationship to flush that out and be like, oh, yeah, this person doesn't like talking about money. That's At least then you're going in wise, eyes wide open. Yeah, and like I said, this is then when you start, because if you start early on, it's like they'll get more and more comfortable as you continue to talk about it. It, yes. Yeah. I'm not saying break up with somebody if they don't want to talk about money, but I am saying just be aware and maybe, like you said, maybe they'll warm up to it. And, and I mean, I think it depends on like, if it's your first date, you're probably not going to talk about right. money. This is something that is going to go into and it probably starts in little baby steps, right? You'll see, I mean, the thing with money is you don't even have to talk about it to kind of, you can witness how they're handling money. For example, when we were dating and I would go over to your house it in the winter, it was freezing you, you cold. Got a, you got a lesson on how to save money is what you saw. I did. You would be <laughs> sitting in your winter jacket at the kitchen table on your computer because it was 55 degrees in your house. And I was like, wow, okay, got it. So, I mean, some of this is through <laughs> observation. It's not just conversation, but observing what your partner or... Yeah, and you saw the kinds of foods that were in my fridge and the type of furniture that I had and... And and so you understood this wasn't a guy that liked to spend a lot of money. Right. And that goes and then, back that goes back again to the money styles, right? So we there's lots of different ways you can think about money styles, but the most simplistic way is, you know, thinking about them and we you reference this every podcast in our intro, you know, the spender versus the saver. You're a saver, I'm a spender. And so that's a really easy money style to pick up on or to have the conversation, hey, are you more of a spender or are you more of a saver? And Hopefully, they're balanced and they're in the middle, but most people have a tendency to lean one way or another, right? Right, and it goes deeper than just spender or saver. I, 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 it was a while back. I don't know how many episodes ago. A long time ago, we did, did an episode on different uh, financial styles or per, uh, personal finance types. And uh, I think I thought that was kind of interesting just to see a few different lenses that you can put on to your personal financial style other than just spender and saver. Um, we make right. it a binary choice here just to keep things simple, but but understand it's a lot more complicated than that. Right. And another funny story on this topic when we were dating. So after just a few dates, I decided I was moving to New York for work. And so we were going to be in this long distance relationship, which just wasn't how it started. And so we had the conversation like, hey, how often are we going to see each other, which required an airplane ticket. Um, back then airplane tickets were around 200 bucks. You could fly from Minneapolis to New York or vice versa for $200. And I remember the conversation and I was like, so David, what do you think? And he said, well, my sister lives in California and I see her like once a year, once a year. So I'm figuring twice a year I could fly to see you. And I was like, well, and then she could, you could have flown to see me twice a year. So you were thinking on a quarterly basis, four times a year, we'd see each other. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> you shot me down pretty quick on that I one. I did. I was like, that is not going to happen. Not happening. Not working out that way. And and then I did come out to see you in New York, and I learned a little bit about your financial 
style as well. And that involved the best practice of all. That involved that I was an expert and knew what I was doing. Fancy restaurants, fancy bars, Broadway shows. It involved That's right. Set the stage from the start. A lot of high class, expensive stuff. (laughs) And if I remember correctly, at the end of the month you had basically nothing left over. Yeah, I was kind of living paycheck to paycheck. I wasn't in debt. You weren't in debt, but you were living paycheck to paycheck, and it freaked me out because I knew I did not want to be a person that lived paycheck to paycheck. Debt-free or not, I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. That scares me. So anyway, there's a lot of ways to find out how they're spinning. It's through conversations, observation, and uh, yeah, hopefully you can start to get to know. Yeah, and and this could also be a good time to talk about income level. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. If you feel comfortable, depending on how long you've been dating or where you're at in your relationship, I know that is kind of a taboo, like, oh, you never tell anybody how much money you make. But I think if you're in a dating relationship and you're pretty serious about the person, it's probably a good idea to have a conversation about income levels. Yeah, if nothing else, that helps provide context around your spending habits and your saving habits. True. So that those aren't necessarily misinterpreted. Right. So that that helps a lot as well. Even though you were interpreting my New York situation, right? You could have been wrong. I could have been making I, gobs of money. You right. could have been completely responsible. <laughs> it wasn't, but... but it could have been. <laughs> it could have been. So it's good we had the conversation. Um, I, and then just a reminder that when you're in the dating phase, your finances should be separate. You are, you have, you are not committed to each other. Sure, you're in a relationship. You're not seeing other people. But legally, there's not a commitment. There's not a marriage there. So your assets are separate. Your debt is separate. You need to keep it keep it separated. You got to keep it separated <laughs> at that stage. I agree. Yes, you can get into some serious trouble if you have uh, if you have assets together. If you end up buying a house with someone you're you're dating, and then you break up. Now all of a sudden, it gets very messy on figuring out who's who has what and what percentage and who was paying what bills and who's funding the mortgage more. It gets messy. Avoid all that. Don't do it. Then you might be getting engaged. Yay. We got engaged. That was awesome. Thanks for asking. (laughs) You're welcome. And, and I think once you're engaged, things are getting pretty serious. Am I wrong? No. Like I would say well, so. things are serious. If you're if you're saying I'm going to marry this person, that right there is is at least the latest time when there should be full financial transparency. This is if you haven't aired your dirty financial laundry, this is the time to do it. It needs to get out in the open. It's not going to smell any better when you're married. So you need to do it now. Yeah. And while you are not married yet and legally there's not a contract, I know, and I don't want to steal from you, but you felt like that was a bigger step than getting married because once you're engaged and you've told the world and it's on Facebook official and Instagram and all your friends and that wedding planning bus left the station and money is being spent on weddings, it's not that you can't back out. And if you are engaged right now and feel like you need to back out, you have the freedom to do so, but it's a lot harder. It's hard to stop the train. Yeah, it's hard to stop that train once it's left the station. And so you, yeah, I thought it was a big deal getting engaged. And so I, and uh, you still have the opportunity to back out. But but at that point, things are, are pretty firm. And so it's a good time to, to work on that transparency. Make sure they're aware of how, if you haven't told them how much you make, make sure you have a conversation around income. Make sure you have a conversation about outstanding debt. 
make sure you have a conversation about any other assets that you might have. Yeah, this is a definitely exactly. This is the time to lay it out, lay all the cards on the table, as they say. And, you know, hopefully you've already had some conversations. So this shouldn't be shocking because if you had started the company conversation, maybe you've even talked about income, you've been watching how they manage their finances, how they live their lifestyle, you know, hopefully laying everything out there should be consistent with what you're seeing them do, right? You, you would hope. So definitely it's the time to do that. And, and I would also say it's a great time to, to talk about ex, cer, certain expectations in how you see your life playing out together once you're married. Expectations such as, are both of you working? Is one of you staying at home? Is, um, do you, do, do you think there's, is, is one person going to maybe, um, I, I don't know. Is one person going to take a, a different job? Maybe one of you is going to go part time. I don't know. What what is what does that financial future kind of look like? Start to have those conversations. At yeah, this point. and not that that's what it's going to look like. You know what the future? No, no, of course I, not. I remember, and it might change. Like I remember when we were dating, having that conversation, and we were talking about having kids, and you were like, "I want you to be a stay at home mom, and you need to stay home with the kids," and I was like. Mm, that ain't going to happen. I will be working. I am not a stay-at-home <laughs> mom. And we had to have a little bit of a tough conversation. A little bit of a heart-to-heart on that one. Right. And now, fast forward, we didn't have kids. I mean, so you don't know what your situation is going to look like. Or, like, I often encourage women, they may not even know until they have the kid. Do they want to stay at home? Do they not? But that's where having those conversations, talking about your options, how we've talked about planning for things and creating options. But it's good if you've got an idea or you feel strongly about it, to have those conversations laid out there like we did and kind of be able to resolve it in case you aren't on the same page. And likewise to dating, I mean, officially, legally, you're still dating. There's no contract you're signing when you get engaged. Because you're essentially still dating, I would say this, even though it might be tempting to say, oh, we got to buy our house, we have a place to move into when we get married, still don't buy that house together. Still keep all of your assets separate. Keep all of your debt separate. Don't pay down the debt of your fiance. That is a bad idea. They, I'm sure they'll be there for you. The 99% chance they're going to be there for you when you and marry you anyway. But don't pay down your debt just in case something happens and the wedding's off. And now you're out a whole bunch of money. Right. And not that you can't plan for it. I mean, right. that's this is a good time to start planning about what your financial future is going to look like. And I remember when we were engaged, you know, we talked about what that would look like and we had made a decision that we we both came into the we both knew we were coming into the marriage with debt. Um and we decided, "Hey, we we want to get rid of that as quickly as possible." And made a decision that when we got married, that was what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. So, you can talk about it or plan for it, but hold off on executing it until you're actually married. Another thing we've talked about in a previous episode is we went through pre-engagement counseling. Um, so we went through pre-marriage counseling before we were even engaged. But a lot of people, when they're engaged, go through counseling. And that we was super highly, helpful. Highly recommended. We actually had an episode on counseling, um, episode number 49. So if you're interested in that or wondering about that, um, we really highly recommended it. It was super beneficial, not just on the finance piece, but on just expectations in general and what our married life would look like and really just gave us good points to talk about that, oh, we hadn't thought about talking about this or maybe just put it in a different viewpoint. And 
it was really beneficial to help lay a lot of the groundwork and foundation to how we were going to operate. It was so great. And it wasn't, well, the one we did wasn't just your standard, oh, meet one or two hours with the the pastor or the clergyman that's going to marry you before you get married. This was like a 12-week, I don't know, two hours each session kind of course with homework. And it was so good. We had the conversations we needed to. And I don't think our marriage would have started out as strong had we not had that. It was so critical to our success. And then comes marriage. (laughs) And and when you're married and and talking about money. wonderful and perfect. The end. Right. Cut the episode. Let's hope so. But (laughs) it probably won't be. And if you're listening to this, you're probably married and you probably already know that. But when when you get married, I think that initial objective is to formulate that strategy together. What is our what is our overall strategy? You need to decide on things that you're going to do with your finances, such as are we going to combine our finances? Are we going to keep them separate? Are we going to take some kind of hybrid approach? Um, I know we we did an episode like that towards the beginning. I think it was episode five where we we talked about those different approaches. And I think you need to start having some of those strategic discussions about your finances uh, once you're married. And you can have that conversation you can have even when you're engaged. Yeah, it's probably not a bad idea, but it's hard to, you wouldn't start executing on on it it. until you're married. But don't just fall into it. I mean, that's kind of what we did. We didn't actually, I don't even know if we even had a conversation about it. We just kind of did. We assumed that, hey, we would combine and went about it. I'm sure we eventually had to have a conversation about actually, you know, combining, canceling a bank account. But anyway, um, yeah, don't just fall into it. Be thoughtful about it. Make sure you guys are on the same page. Because just like any other expectation going into marriage, one of you may be like, no, no, we're, my expectations were completely separate. Another person might be like, I know we are 100% combined. So um, you don't want to get to that situation where like, oh, goodness, we didn't even talk about this. What are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. And, and then an- another thing that you'll want to look at at this stage is setting setting some ground rules or further defining those expectations around maybe it's around spending so maybe it's a spending limit you we're going to say we are, each spouse can't spend more than a certain amount of money without running it by the other person um it could be who's going to be working staying at home furthering that discussion it could be uh who's going to be responsible for paying the bills on a regular basis or who's going to be managing long-term investments. So there, there can be some long-term strategy, some, some short-term strategy, but getting, getting those basic kind of things out of the way and aligning on those is really important at this stage. Yeah, I know this sounds very, I don't know, uh, for, like not very personal. It just sounds very business-like, but um, it's just going to help eliminate, eliminate arguments and like fights because again, you have expectations whether you know it or not, you have an expectation of who's going to be paying the bills. Um, who's going to do that. And if you don't say that and explicitly have that conversation with your spouse and it doesn't go that way, you're going to get upset and frustrated. And so, um, it's really helpful to set those rules or even on the spending thing. Um, and this is exactly what happened to us when we got married. We didn't have those conversations. We didn't talk about, Hey, what's the limit of, how much should we have to talk to the other person before we, um, you know, need to tell them about what we're spending? And I just remember so many fights and tears, and I would feel so frustrated, and we would get in so many arguments, and you would be completely stressed out, and I would feel like I'm being, 
you know, locked down and, and controlled. And it just wasn't good. But it, it was because we didn't define these. We didn't have ground rules. We didn't have some of the basics in place. And that's what caused a lot of our um, our fights and frustrations. Um, it, it helped a lot once we... Uh, I, you know, I think we defined them early on. Maybe we're remembering this a little bit differently. I feel like our, our pre-marriage class helped us define those things early on, but we struggled necessarily to live them out. I think living living out what you plan is also challenging, and that takes some practice. And what the way I remember it, which may not be accurate, but the, the way I remember it is that we had defined things, but then it was really hard to to stick to it because we came from different habits. We And just because we said, hey, this is what we want to do and we agreed on it doesn't mean that it was easy to break those old habits and just do that. It's so easy. It seems like you should be able to tell yourself, self, do this and you just do it. But it doesn't work that way. It's not that easy because you have ingrained in yourself your personality, your behaviors and it's hard to veer away from them. And so it, it takes some time and it takes some hard conversations to to remind each other around, oh, yes, you know, this is what we agreed to. This is the direction we need to go and make sure that we're following that. And I know I was just as guilty for, uh, especially early on, for saying, nope, we can't do that because we need to save. And you coming back and saying, no, actually, if you recall, we agreed that this is what we were going to spend money on this year. And or this month, or this week, or today, and now we're doing it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And and I think it goes back to also understanding what your spouse prioritizes. Because now that you're talking about that, like, I would remember, I was back in public accounting when we first got married, and we'd often go for a happy hour or a dinner with coworkers, and it would be last minute, and I'd rack up a big bill, and you would freak out. And it would be like, well, I didn't, how was I supposed to ask permission? Or like, hey, this just came up, and we hadn't figured out, right, how to do that. So I think also understanding, you know, what your spouse prioritizes, like what's important to them. Um, so you understand that when those arguments come up and where they're spending money. Right, um, right. And then lastly, no matter how you manage your finances, at this point you are married and everything is combined. Whether you have different bank accounts, unless you've legally set up a contract, uh, you know, a prenup, everything is yours as a family all your assets, all your debt, whether you want to operate that way or not, if you want to try to keep it separated, that's fine. But you need to be thinking you are now married. This is your family. You're all together. So how you live it out or how you execute on it, you can figure that out, but you're, it's all one. You're a unit. You're a unit. So yeah. Yeah. Unless you have a legal document saying you're not, um, yeah, it's it's your stuff. It's all your stuff and you're all your money. So, yeah, make sure you, you take that into account and manage it appropriately. Um, and and then let's say now you've you've worked out those details. You're married. You've worked out a lot of these details. You've got maybe it's that first year where you're really storming on a lot of these things. From that point on, you you reach this this time then when you're starting to you're getting to a phase of growing and maturity. And it doesn't mean you're ever going to reach maturity, but it's that you're maturing, I should say. And that's the 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 fourth and final stage I want to I think we should talk about today, it, where that objective is continuous improvement, where you're saying, this is what we're doing, but how do we how do we grow together as a couple? How do we improve our situation? 
Uh, and a lot of these things can can be done immediately once you're married, but but the the challenge with that is that you're probably working through a lot of other issues or a lot of other smaller items when you're married when you're first married, and so you build these up over time. Yeah, I agree. Like, I I don't think you can like really develop on everything because you're just trying to. You got a lot of stuff you're working on. You got to pick one or two things and yeah. build that up. And so what we're talking about here is like, you know, being in the next stage of like goal setting and dreaming and long-term plan. And maybe maybe you were like like we were, and it was like when we got married, our first objective was, hey, we're gonna get out of debt. And that's what we were focused on, right? And so we didn't we didn't do a lot of long-term planning or dreaming or goal setting because we were just like so focused on, hey, this is our top priority right now, right? Um, but those are the next phases, or even like budgeting or money management, investing. You know, all of those areas, again, it's just going to take time for you to get in your rhythm and figure out what works for you. And maybe you're trying different things. Maybe it's like, hey, maybe we're not going to tire with the budget and see how that goes. Or maybe we are going to try it. Or I, I don't know. It's kind of more of a, you know, really honing in on what's working for you and, you know, finding your systems like we've talked about and putting those practices in place so you can really thrive financially. To, to an extent, it's almost defining what your your financial money type is as a couple as well, right? So you you come in with these different money types, money personality types, and now you're you're finding what that looks like when you combine them into one person, into one couple, and now you're trying to execute on that to the best of your abilities and making that happen, pushing yourselves harder, and and of course you know these these change as life goes on because eventually you're going to get a new job or a new career or you're going to have kids or you're going to change houses or you're going to have family emergencies or things are going to happen to you and for you that will change how you need to approach and approach your life and approach your money. And hopefully, you know, you're again being, we use this word a lot intentional about it. I know for us, I don't know that we were intent. It, it kind of happened. Like we had been fighting a lot, and then um, our church was offering the Dave Ramsey course, and we had heard about it. And I think you had been interested in it, and I was like, "No, no, I'm not interested." I heard there's budgeting. I don't want to do it. Yeah, and and I think I was interested in it because I knew, or I maybe I didn't. Maybe knowing is a bit strong of a word. I felt like that a lot of our problems stemmed from the fact that we had disagreements that were budget related. And I heard this Dave Ramsey course focused a lot on getting some budgeting going and, Ooh, you know, I could go for that. I could, any, anybody that convinces my wife to budget is a friend of mine. So let's give this a try. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting. We had just started going to this church and the whole congregation, like the whole church was going through all the small groups. It wasn't just like a dedicated, it was like anybody that was in a small group was, doing this. And so we were trying to get plugged into the church and I was like, all right, let's do this. And that's kind of really how our journey started was going through Financial Peace University. And and we still live by a lot of those principles. We kind of tweaked them and kind of made them our own. But, um, you know, that was a really big uh, transition for us that really helped us get going on the right right page. And then, like David said, you know, you do have to adjust. Like our story has continued to evolve and adjust as well. I mean, we started there started with budgeting, getting out of debt. And now, you know, then we moved on to, you know, having an annual state of the marriage where we talk about our dreaming and our long-term goals and our plans and how we're doing. And, and now, heck, now we have a podcast where we talk about marriage and money. So who knows where it's going to go for you as well. But, 
Um, it's exciting and fun to see how it can it's mature super and exciting. Grow. I don't know. I, I just get excited about it because I want to see exactly where the, I, I want to find out where it's, we're headed next. I just think this is really exciting journey that we're on and that everybody's uh, that you can be on too, uh, listeners. That's right. So we want you to continue this conversation with your spouse or your significant other or that special person you're dating. Um, so reflect on how you've grown as a couple and how your conversations about money have changed through various stages of your relationship. Has it been heading in the right direction or do you need to adjust some things? So David, Heather, we have talked about a lot of things and stages that we've been in through this podcast. So what's next? What have we not done that is yet to come? Ooh, the dun, future. Dun, dun. Yeah. Did you hop in the DeLorean to go answer this question and set it to the year 2040? <laughs> I wish I could do that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Make this a lot easier to answer. Well, today we we talked about four main stages. We talked about the dating stage, the engaged stage, marriage stage, and then a married and maturing slash growing together stage. And I don't think there's a fifth stage. I'm going to say that first. But I think what what's next for us is maybe changing changing our focus, or I should say, maybe maintaining more focus on on a, on fewer areas. So. I think we're, I think, or at least I hope that we're, what we start transitioning to now is living out the dreams we've been dreaming and thinking about what next bigger thing is out there for us. Or at least that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, realistically, life is going to throw curveballs at us and we're going to have to adjust. But, but for now, that's where I want us to be aiming. I want us to be aiming at let's build out those dreams, let's achieve those dreams, and then let's dream bigger and keep keep doing that. Let's just build on our dreams. Nice. That's exciting. I, I, want, I like well, it. I get excited about dreaming with you, and I want that to be our, our focus of the, for the future is continued bigger dreaming. What, where are you at? Oh, I don't know. I'm not a futurist. Did you really? Did you know that's a thing, like a job? Like, oh, yeah. I've heard a couple speak before. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Within the technology space, it's a big deal. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like... Like we're in a really good place as well, even though we're not perfect and I still mess up and get upset and we fight on occasion about money. But I feel like we've got good momentum and practices in place, like you said. So we need to maintain that. I, too, love the dreaming conversations, goal setting, reviewing our progress. Don't love the budgeting so much. But anyway, where I think we really need to up our game, and we've talked about this before, is on giving. I think the next stage for us, like we're in this growth and giving stage financially and I think we really need to figure out where we're going to go all in on our time and resources for giving. And I think we could do better there. I think this is a muscle we haven't used as much. And we need to do more research, figure out what our options are. Um, I'd also like to see us anticipate more and ask for forgiveness. So, you know, noting what the other wants and surprising them or just doing it. Because I think we're in a position where we can do that. So I'm not saying like buy a car and put a big bow on it for Christmas like you see the commercials, but like starting small, surprising each other with, you know, things that we know the other person really wants, like maybe a new video game or a console for you or maybe theater tickets for me, like having a little bit more freedom to maybe anticipate and and, and su- surprise the other person. Got it. So my my surprise flowers are not quite cutting it anymore. I love your spice flowers. I just don't think I've ever gotten flowers in Singapore in two years. I know, I know. Singapore has kind of been a weird place to for me to get flowers. I haven't done very well here, but yeah. So you didn't like my answer. Got it. We'll t- we'll take this offline. 
No, I like your answer. It's a good answer. I did not say. I guess you didn't I answered like wrong. You did not answer wrong at all. It was an excellent answer. I was not expecting it. I thought it was a very good answer. I appreciate your answer. I like it. I like it very much. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Uh, if you couldn't tell, I think that about wraps up our conversation for today. <laughs> at least the public one. <laughs> Remember, you can always email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in the middle.